Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. All right, welcome into Inside High School Sports. That's right. You can't, uh, I don't sound like Tony Caligiri because I'm not. Uh, Nate Geary here in for Tony Caligiri this morning. Tony's not here. Hang on. Wait, he's late. Uh, should we wait for him? Uh, I guess we better not. We better continue. I will continue on this morning here on Inside High School Sports. Good morning, everyone. Morning, morning y'all. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> and, of course, we have a guest in studio, Tom Price, this morning. You are the uh, South Hans Travel baseball uh, co-founder. I did. I started the league about 10 years ago. Nice. Cool. So we're going to get into a little bit of baseball this afternoon. Well, this morning, uh, going into the afternoon. What's up, Raj? Yeah, Tom, I want to congratulate you. Didn't you hit the first home run ever at Pilot (laughs) Field? And you know what? I missed the home run. My wife was in the ladies' room. I'm standing outside the door waiting for her, and I hear this roar. I saw it, Tom. It's funny. I get asked that all the time ever since I moved to Western New York. Are you the Tom Prince that hit that home run? Mm -hmm. And now... There's another Tom Prince playing for the Bisons currently, who just hit one out the other <laughs> the other day. So. Don't tell me it's Tom Prince's uh, son. Oh, I don't know that. <laughs> oh my God, where did the what years year go? 1988. You remember that, don't you, Nate? You must have heard all about it. it was in all the papers. <laughs> it was a 12 I, degree uh, day. I wasn't alive, guys. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's warmer today than it was on that grand opening day at Pilot Field, April whatever, 1988. Three years before my uh, my eventual birth, oh, I got tickets. I just I didn't mean to make you guys feel older than you already are. Oh but, God! Uh, you no, know, we get rid of Markel so we don't feel so old, and then they bring you along. <laughs> hey, uh, welcome to the uh, host chair, uh, Nate. Couldn't happen to a better person. We couldn't come up with a better replacement. It feels good. I like I said to you when I uh, before the show started. I feel like a, just a little bit better looking version of Tony. That's it. And like I told you, that's that's saying a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> That's not a compliment to myself, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into news and notes, guys. And I know we've had a uh, sort of weird week with the weather, but uh, some announcements, I'm sure, coming here. Absolutely. Uh, Nate, pleasure having you hosting the show today. Um, we're going to start out uh, for Inside High School Sports News and Notes, Saturday, April 22nd. We'll start out in the Monsignor Martin Athletic Association Uh We'll start out there. Right uh, This past week, Mount St. Mary's Board of Trustees met with a small group of parents and student reps uh, this past Wednesday to discuss the dismissal of beloved varsity basketball head coach Mike McCarthy. McCarthy guided the Mount to the only Class B state title the school's ever had, and there's been an enormous outpouring of support from parents, players, alumni for McCarthy. The current AD is a graduate of the school and has not been able to provide a good explanation to those folks as to why McCarthy has been dismissed. But there are rumors 
flying about, many of them, uh, that uh, there's a personal connection with the AD and the possible new coach uh, that's been uh, considered for the position. So we'll stay on top of that. Dave Rickey's been covering it for us, and he's been all over it. Uh, St. Francis had a number of student-athletes sign letters of intent this past Thursday. They were Chris Leonard of El- going to Alfred, Marquez Hartley going to St. John Fisher, and so is Pat Martin. Devin Delmont, Baldwin Wallace, Jerry Hickson, Santa Barbara City College, Brian Dempsey, St. Lawrence University, Jordan Aruda going to McMaster University, and Tyler Grisolia is going up to Guelph, Ontario. Congratulations to those athletes. Out of Section 6, uh, the second annual Hall of, Hall of Fame golf tournament is scheduled for Saturday, June 24th. It's a 1 p.m. shotgun start out at Holland Hills Country Club. Uh, Nominations are also open for the 2017 class uh, of Hall of Famers. You can, uh, there's going to be a post linked up to our Facebook page later today. You can go and nominate uh, former athletes. I believe you had, had to have been out of school for 10 years to, in order to be considered or nominated. Uh, Wilson High School hosting a few basketball camps coming up uh, for June 26th and the 29th for boys and girls. More information for those camps are on our Facebook page right now. Uh, Brian Bakes, the head coach of Wilson, uh, the Lake Women, he's going to host a girls' skills training and development clinic on Sunday, May 21st for girls grades 3 through 5. More more details on our Facebook page as well. Will North has two seniors that will sign letters of intent this Monday morning. They are Emily Nicosia, who will be going to Canisius to play softball, and Michaela Shute is heading down to West Virginia on a track and field scholarship. Uh, Will North sled hockey game today out at the Northtown Center. The Will North varsity hockey team is playing the Sabres intermediate gold team. Matt Henry, uh, student with a disability, has put that game together. And for the first time, he'll be able to wear the Spartans jersey. He's very excited about that. Hopefully they can get a nice turnout. Uh, Sad news to pass along. Doug Smith, longtime columnist and huge baseball fan. Western New York uh, community lost a good one this past week, Doug Smith has passed away. And with that, that's all I have right now for news and notes, Nate. Raj, anything to add? Okay. Uh, South Park High School today, noon to 3, the taste of South Park High School. First annual. I love that expression, first annual. Isn't that kind of redundant? It is. First of hopefully many, many. Correct. Uh, annual uh, events. Proceeds will help for their football team. Uh, their uh, non-league game this year will be against traditional high school mm. in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So today's festivities will help defer expenses for that road trip. I believe it's week three. I know it's in September. Don't hold me to week three. But, uh, Sparks, no, I'm holding to that, Roger. Okay, we'll do. I'll, I <laughs> accept all responsibility, Nate. Uh, again, traditional high school in Pittsburgh uh, road trip. Uh, also, later tonight, and boy, it just sneaks up on us, but at uh, St. Mary's of uh, Lancaster High School, Brusso family will be putting on their annual uh, t- uh, Families Touched by uh, MS. Uh, tropical Dreaming is a theme. Tickets will be $35. The band is hit and run. For $35, you will not believe all the food and drink. You will have... Uh, Theme baskets, Chinese auction, 50-50 raffles for all you people uh, that can't make it to the casino tonight that got the itch. You can do plenty of 
uh, gambling, if you will, at St. Mary's. Please stop at St. Mary's tonight. Always a great event and always well attended. And then uh, for you uh, softball junkies, place to be today is Northtown, uh, formerly the Pepsi Center, girls softball tournament, the Gettner Just Show Up tournament, feature game, in my opinion, at least in the first round at noon, uh, New York State Double A runner-up in 2015, New York State champion Orchard Park Lady Quakers will be playing the West Seneca East Lady Trojans. They are, in my opinion, a co-favorite to win uh, Class A this year. Like I say, it's the Just Show Up Gettner Tournament, but I would suggest if you just show up, you dress warmly. So before I actually have a uh, a nice charity event that I'm going to uh, to tell the folks here in a second, but I did want to congratulate all the athletes that Frank did mention there that are signing their letters of intent. Um, it's kind of a really cool time, especially for young athletes. That uh, that whole process, you know, I kind of feel like I remember um, my whole process like it was yesterday, and it's just such a unique experience. And I'll tell all those athletes to kind of relish the moment um, and really enjoy. Go see as many schools as you can, and and really enjoy the process because once it's there, it's gone, and then you're all of a sudden playing college sports and just like that you know that whole kind of experience passes you by so it's a really fun experience so congratulations to all those athletes so as i mentioned i just have one quick um charity event that I wanted to pass along to the listeners on Sunday, which is tomorrow. So it's a little bit of a last minute. I've been plugging it all week, but tomorrow, April 23rd, the Canisius College Sports Administration Program is hosting a charity bowling event at Transit Lanes. Doors open at 3 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. Bowling is from 3.30 to 5.30. All proceeds from the event will be going to the Hits Foundation, which is helping individuals to smile. It's Patrick Coletta's uh, charity foundation's pre-registration tickets are $20, so you can still pre-register right now for $20. It includes two hours of bowling with shoes, a pizza per team, a pitcher of soda per team so you guys get hooked up while you're there and you're bowling. You can sign up individually with a team or uh, you can sign up individually or with a team. They will place you with a team if you just want to head down there and bowl. Day of registration. So it goes up 10 bucks if you wait till tomorrow to register. It goes to $30 and that includes all the same amenities that you'll get with the $20 entry fee. There will be a 50-50 raffle as well as basket raffles uh, kind of come through. Some of the basket raffles include signed Bills and Sabres memorabilia, photos, pucks from the Hits Foundation, and others. Pat Clutter will also be in attendance at the event. So it's a great event for his charity. So if you're interested in meeting Pat Coletta, getting some uh, raffle gear for Bills and Sabres, definitely head down to Transit Lanes tomorrow. Again, 3.30 is when bowling gets underway. Doors are opening at 3. Again, it's to help a great cause, Patrick Coletta's Hits Foundation. So if you have any questions uh, regarding the event, you can contact uh, Chris Marciant... This name's so difficult for me. Mark Antonio. Mark Antonio. Chris Mark Antonio. It's like three names. That's, there's a lot of names in there. But if you have any questions, give him a call at 716 417 1523, or you can email him at bowl in blast at gmail.com. So, guys, obviously today we are going to get into baseball a little bit and how fitting that we had that torrential downpour the past two days, which I'm sure has uh, pushed off some games that were supposed to happen later in the week and uh, headed into this weekend. But as you said, Raj, that softball tournament happening, I guess the weather was able to at least some fields were able to dry up for uh, for the girls to play today, huh? Well, usually Amher- the Amherst uh, Northtown Center, usually it's pretty good, uh some places not so lucky. I know yesterday, a uh, softball game I was looking forward to, uh, OP was supposed to play at Lancaster. Uh, arguably, the two top double A teams uh, 
Lancaster always one of the top double A teams in April. They seem to the other schools seem to catch up to them in uh, May. But I was really looking forward to that game, and I guess uh, Thursday when the rain stopped, it was literally a lake out there, and it just didn't drain, so they had to postpone. Uh, I'm sure. They worked around the clock at the Pepsi Center to get the Diamonds playable for today. I'll tell you, I mean, I consider it lucky if you get out in April. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, we were in the gym until mid to late April anyways, not get, half our games getting postponed. So, um, I mean, something I'm sure the girls and guys at this point are used to. But, Tom, let's get into some of uh, not only I want to get into a little bit about uh, the travel league that you're involved with, uh, but we also want to talk about some of the athletes in the high school region that are going to be playing some serious D1 ball. I want to get to that, too. But what I want to start with um, is what we kind of talked about a few weeks ago when it was originally announced as some of the rule changes for the pitchers in high school JV modified baseball. And I really want to get into that with you because we were kind of talking right before the show in the hallway uh, about myself when I played Travel League and some of how the rules are so much different now to protect these players. And maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the rule changes that you implemented as well. But really, let's let's really kind of talk about what these rule changes mean for the varsity level and how this season might be played out differently when guys aren't going to be able to pitch. Uh, I, th- I think, what's the rules? Uh, as of right now, it's it's five days rest, correct? Four. Four. It's four days rest. That'll change come playoff time, though, I believe. Uh, well, okay, so there is going to be a change. change. Not the day's rest. The amount that they could go. They'll get a couple more pitches added on. They'll get more pitches added on for the rest. They just won't have the, the same days will still be in the place. Just, just the uh, cutoff will change. Well, that's that was one of my main concerns when you're talking about this, is how does this affect teams that are going to be in the playoffs? And I think that rule at least recognizes the fact that playoff baseball is just going to be a little bit different and a little bit obviously when you're talking about the season this rule change is really going to encourage teams to use more pitchers especially in the starting role having a fifth guy instead of just running four out there or or things like that but I kind of want you to talk about how this is going to affect teams this season and what they can expect from last year moving into this year how the rule change might um, might change the way that coaches have to kind of play it. So early on, if there, if we had the rest that you know we had the game spacing that we would normally see three games a week, uh, we would be okay with these rules because most people the rules that were going to be affected it was going to be affected from the standpoint of the coach that went 150 pitches for a pitcher or 160 pitches for a pitcher that ended can't do that anymore. Now you you have a hard stop at 105 during the season. So that affected that person, and it'll be 125 during the playoffs, okay. but 105 during the during the early during the early part of the season. So then, that coach is now affected. The other one is that closing role. So the, some people like to use a closer to come in and close out most of their games if it's possible. If that closer struggles at all with a pitch count, now you lo- lose that role because he could have to sit out the next game as far as being able to pitch, sit out. So that's actually a good point you bring up in the closing role. I guess, does that position, as you mentioned, is that really the only concern is if his pitch count does get elevated (laughs) where he might not be able to be used on a day-to-day basis. But as you mentioned, three or four games a week, this should be fairly easy for these coaches to at least manage in the the short term. But in the long term, you could see some effects of these not-so-teams that aren't so deep, um, especially in their pitching rotation. That's who I think the teams that are going to struggle the most. Absolutely. 
absolutely. And now this is the week it's going to affect because you're talking about teams that are going to play five days this week. There is no way you're going to have deep pitching staffs, right. in other words, to do this. So that's where now you're going to see kids get called up from JV that don't wouldn't normally get called up. You're going to see kids that are that wanted to be the position player to just be a position player. Now we're going to get called in to pitch. You're going to see a lot more kids go to the mound, and you're going to see these scores really get elevated over the next couple days. Question on this chart we have here, for example, it says uh, maximum varsity, if you pitch 96 to 105 pitches in a game, that means you need four nights rest. My question is this, are they limited to 105 pitches during a game? Yes, that's the max. So a guy could have a no-hitter going, but if he's up to 105, he gets yanked? Yep. Who came up with that uh, uh, This well <clears throat> intellectual uh, development? This is mimicking Little League rules. Little League rules a couple years ago put pitch counts into effect, and they're almost verbatim um, as to the day's rest that you need from a, from a pitching standpoint and the max pitches that you're allowed to throw. And the next question, who keeps records of these and uh, who uh, adjudicates a dispute in a number of pitches? Yeah, who's going to be policing this? I think that's going to be the, the real question is who's going to really, obviously opposing coaches who are going to be having somebody on the bench do pitch counts, but you know how is this going to be policed amongst um, the high school ranks, especially at the varsity level, where I think this is going to be the most, I don't want to say harmful, but it's going to have the most impact on these athletes. Well, yeah. not only that, excuse me, Tom, uh, if, for example, you know, opposing coaches, yeah, pitch count. But now you got some guy sitting in the stands who's scouting the team, and they're going to play him three or four days from now. And uh guy says, wait a minute, this guy pitched one. I counted 107 pitches, or I counted this. Who's going to adjudicate third-party disputes right. and all that? This thing is it's psychotic, in my opinion. It's going to get out of hand, and good luck with implementing, not so much implementing, but enforcing this rule. I see, to it being an issue at the varsity level. I think, especially at the, fre- at the JV freshman, the modified level, preserving these kids' arms is should and always should be the main priority for not only the schools and coaches, but for parents as well, especially parents of kids who are playing travel, travel league and school ball, those are that type of impact on a player's arm that early while they're still developing as you know young men, to me that is an important, important stopgap. That's an important threshold to have at that age group. But then when you get into the varsity age group, you're going from being really protected now. These kids are going to be protected. You're going to get thrown into the college level and be expected to. There's no. You're not getting any limits in, in at the college level. D three, D two doesn't matter. So that's my only concern at the varsity level is are is are they going to be prepared for the next the rigors of the next level, especially for players that will be playing early at the next level. You know, if you look at today, even if you look at the Major League Baseball players, right, how many pitchers do you see go 120, 130 pitches? You don't see you don't. it. You don't. You see them stop at 100, 105, and then get pulled out of the game. So I think they're still going to be ready with these pitch counts because these are the pitch counts that are really you're seeing at the next levels. My other question would be, is there a, you think it's going to develop into a scenario where, all right, the starting pitcher, he goes through two innings. You know, six up, six down. Now, in inning number three, are any of these coaches going to, you know, bring in the 
maybe the center fielder, whoever is also a pitcher in there, not as good as the ace, and let him pitch seventh, eighth, and ninth inning? I mean, are we going to get crazy scenarios such as that? This thing could develop into such a fiasco. Uh, my other question is this. Uh, intentional walks. Do they actually have to make the four pitches, or can they just say go down to first? And if that's the case, heck, they could bring the first baseman in to intentionally walk the guy. This is all the stuff. It's going to drag on baseball games longer and longer. And like I say, try to adjudicate disputes over this. It's going to be, you know, we could have a sitcom and make serious money with this. I think what this is going to do, too, is force coaches to develop some of their bottom roster players. Because a lot of times, I mean, you talk, I hear about parents all the time complaining, oh, well, my son's not getting the playing time that I think he or she deserves. Well, now you're going to be forced into developing some, and this is going to go into coaching. This may raise the standards of coaching all around Western New York now because now you can't have five, six, a handful of really good players and kind of forget about the rest. You're really going to have to develop in-house and in your own program to ensure success. Most of these high school teams at the varsity level are made up of a number of players that can pitch. Will North, for example, uh, Lancaster, you know, they are very deep with pitchers. So it's not a major problem for them. But when you get to those smaller schools, like a Lockport, you know, maybe a Cardinal O'Hara, you're going to have a lot of problems trying to find those pitchers. You're going to have to bring freshmen up, sophomores, and some of these public schools, I hate to say it, maybe even an eighth grader. And that's really not a healthy position for an eighth, an eighth grader to be in, right. unless he's an LG Castillo type. Right. But that's very rare. Absolutely. We're going to get into some of those players when we come back here. We've got to go to break. Um, great discussion so far. We're talking uh, high school baseball and some of the new rule changes for pitchers this season and what to expect. So uh, Nate Geary here in for Tony Caligiri right here in Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, welcome back to Inside High School Sports on this uh, cloudy but still very springy morning. And we're talking baseball this morning. And uh, Tom Prince in studio here, obviously the uh, the usuals, no Tony Caligiri today. You know, I can't really remember last time. I've been working here for two years, almost three years now with this show. And uh, I don't really remember a time where I saw Tony get a day off. So maybe it's earned. Maybe. He's I, don't, really... I don't want to anoint the fact that this is an earned day off, but it might be. He's working today. Well, just oh. he's just, working. Oh. Trust well, me. Poor Tony. He's you know he's just got the don't clinic. you know find out how good it is. Don't get used to it. You yeah, know, you know. right. We have an attendance procedure yeah. here, <laughs> and he's breaking it. The, the, well, anyways, currently this morning. So we've been talking uh, some rule changes at the high school game. We really got into it last uh, segment about. Um, just how these rule changes might affect the upcoming season and some teams. But we also wanted to talk about some of the athletes in the Western New York area. Um, and, and I could take pride in this, and I know you guys can too, kind of being in the area and being from the area and coaching and, and kind of covering all these athletes is, you know, Western New York's really turning into a hotbed not only for great sports all around, but, I mean, you're talking baseball, softball, lacrosse, 
and and even even in the hockey now, as you see some of these guys that are being signed, Alex Iafalo being one, um, and a lot of these Western New Yorkers, and it's uh, certainly prideful for us, I'm sure, um, having to cover these guys that uh, guys and gals, of course, um, that are doing such good things in the Western New York area and moving on to play great um, Division One, right? I mean, we're not just talking D three or community college ball; we're talking big time Division One athletes. And I mean, no better place to start than LG Castillo at uh, at Lancaster, um, signing on to be in Oklahoma next year playing for the Sooners so that's got to be extremely exciting I watched that kid um, all last year on the football field the kid was a menace um, so it's certainly uh, as, as much as I'm sad to see him walk away from the game of football he's certainly in good hands going up to play uh, some some uh, ball up at Oklahoma of course like Tom said before the show as long as he doesn't get drafted I mean that's up in the air yeah and, and I have a feeling he's going to get drafted he's the number one Rated prospect wow. in all of New York State. Wow. I don't know the last kid, if ever, from Western New York was rated that high. Uh, I don't know. How high was Dan Dallas? He was up there, but I don't think he was number one in all of New York State. No. Well, that's you know, again, that's different, too. Uh, Dan Dallas being a pitcher and a everyday player and all that, and sometimes his exploits as a pitcher may be overlooked because of his hitting prowess. And like I say, I am so happy for Dan that he got drafted by a National League team because I could see if he was in an American League organization, even going up through the minors and all that, because he's an American League affiliate, he wouldn't be allowed to swing the bat. And he would probably be looking for one of those wooden wooden bats just to chew the thing to (laughs) vent frustration and all that. The kid can hit as well as he can pitch. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Absolutely, and you know, San Diego's lucky to have them. Yes, a lot of that credit has to do to these entrepreneurs opening up these facilities around Western New York, where you can play baseball year-round. That's super important, and that it's kind of a great point you bring up. And and I think it really kind of and same with hockey. Um, there's more available to kids now than really ever before. And really the big disadvantage of living in Western New York for high school athletes or younger athletes is that you're kind of only able to really be outside and really be outside training seven tops eight months of the year. And that's difficult when you've got kids in Florida and you've got kids in Texas who are playing year-round, who are playing football and they're playing baseball and they're outside year-round. And I think it's a disadvantage for athletes. But as you said, um, the arrival of some of these great indoor facilities have really facilitated, I think, um, an increase in top-level athletes in the area. Quick question for Tom while we're talking about Dan Dallas. A couple of years ago, Springville had a pretty good uh, baseball team and Dan Dallas, who's a Springville guy, opted to go to Canisius. Could you picture that Springville team if Dan decided to stay at home? Unbelievable. And they, and, and, they, and, and a lot of younger kids that are still even there are, are, are part of that Springville program. Um, a great, you saw them come from the Little League on up, and they've done a really good job down below to keep them together. But I 100% agree. God, if he was still there, it would be an unbelievable and uh, I think you've got something positive to say about Springville here. Yeah, while we're talking about Springville, we should give a shout. Uh, uh, I think I missed it uh, last week. Uh, Coach Rick Decay, uh, a week ago Thursday, uh, his 400th career uh, victory. Congratulations to them. It was uh, a 5-2 to two win against Fredonia. Fredonia never a slouch when it comes to baseball either. So it was... Uh, 
one one of those, you know, when you reach a milestone and you win, and it's a satisfaction beating a good team and all that. So congratulations to Rick Decay. What a job he's doing out at Springville. And that Fredonia team is a, a, a complete team that came back from last year that went to the state championships. So that's a great team that he just uh, that that they had that win over. You know, if I could plug real quick, uh, my buddy Henry Queso is now the coach at Cardinal O'Hara High School, the boys' team. Well, it's all boys' school. Huh. No, it's not an all boys' school, but the no, boys' head. Yeah, right. I should know this. I attended there my freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Henry. And you didn't notice the girls? Yeah. I mean, I, I better uh, back off on that statement. Uh, no, Can we start uh, again? I, I'm glad you mentioned the name. Uh, Ray Queso Sr. I got inducted to the military with Ray Queso Sr. So wow. uh, good luck to him. And uh, you're going to mention May 6th, I believe. Yes, May 5th and 6th, an event that uh, Ray... Uh, created with uh, John Scott, the father of this young man who passed away tragically back in May of '04. Uh, so on May 5th and 6th, they'll have a uh, that uh, seventh annual Sean Patrick Scott Memorial Tournament uh, out at the school. Four teams, uh, baseball teams, four softball teams, uh, will be featured on that weekend, and there will be uh, the Ray Queso Award. Uh, it's given to one member of each team voted to have shown the most valuable. Uh, to be the most valuable player in sportsmanship. And I played for Ray Queso. Wow. Small I mean, I didn't world, play well, though, but... And the world gets smaller and smaller. If you played uh, for Ray, you know, you had something going for you. We've been advocating for years that the town of Tonawanda rename the field at Sheridan for Ray Queso in his honor. And hopefully someone from the town of Tonawanda is listening Name that field after Ray Queso. It's there because of him. And there are too many players from Western New York that have gone on to bigger and better things, not just on the baseball field, but in life, all because of Ray Queso Sr. And uh, Ray Queso, I might add now, he was, uh, I believe, 1965 graduate of Riverside High School. One of the things on his resume, he played football for uh, Coach Dingboom on uh, those great Riverside uh, football teams. He may be one of the guys that helped break in Joe Ehrman. He was a couple years ahead of Joe Ehrman. Most of the people, at least uh, within firing distance of my age, remember who Joe Ehrman was. Riverside High School, Syracuse University, Baltimore Colts. And now he's a reverend down in uh, Texas. Uh, long story, boy, if you ever can read the book, uh, it's like uh, stages of life. Boy, you should have your adolescent uh, sons read that book. Uh, just Google Joe Ehrman, author, and I'm sorry I digress, but uh, Ray Queso uh, means a lot to me. Listen, guys, next time I host, you're going to have to submit a list of names of anyone who had played or was relevant in the sporting atmosphere before 1990. I just, yeah. <laughs> Come on. I'm not Tony. Tony Someone... Tony's got this encyclopedia in his head. He'll just spit out names. I, I'm Markel, no... calm down. I, excuse me, <laughs> Nate. Settle down. You know, chill. One of your coaches, one of your coaches that you played for, somehow, some way, was connected to Ray Queso. Really? Guarantee it. Guarantee it. I'll have to, I'm going to look into that a little bit because I've never heard the name before now. 
And I feel, right. I feel out of the loop. I'm also not from Tonawanda. If I feel like if I was a Tonawanda kid, I'd probably know exactly who he was. Yeah. Are you too younger? Too young to know a name? A guy called Joe Hesketh. <sighs> Front. Okay, I I'm just, a frontier just, alum. Well, yeah, you said before 1991. Give me a break. Okay, but you're insulting my frontier alumni pride. I'm beating my chest over here. Of course I know who he is. Nate, I lived in the frontier district for 25 years. I helped put you through school, whether you accept that or not. <laughs> Thanks, Cut Raj. me some slack. <laughs> Thanks, Raj. I appreciate it. All right, well, as we were kind of talking about some players here, and I do, we were talking about LG a little bit um, and his future at Oklahoma, but let's get into a couple other players around the area that have been or will be accepting big-time scholarships or roles on Division One, and, you know, even some of the Division Two and Three schools. Um, so who are some of the players that uh, Western New Yorkers should familiarize themselves with now, especially fans of high school baseball and well, maybe who's going where well mike stefan's a really good hockey player as we all know but also a great baseball player he's going to canisius next year first baseman at will east they're in action today we're not exactly sure they're either playing clarence or they're playing iroquois <laughs> someone's got it wrong somewhere i texted with uh, nick Felkitis earlier he's the starting pitcher today for will east and he believes they're playing out at Clarence. The paper shows him at home versus Iroquois, which is my backyard. I'm looking forward to going and seeing him. Then he tells me they're out in Clarence. So you know what know the if- problem might be in that? Maybe because of rainouts and all that. Yeah. They were probably originally scheduled to play Clarence, but uh, Iroquois is a league. They are both in the same league. And they have a new rule now. And even in April, if, uh, I don't know, uh, Hamburg and West Seneca East, they're in the same league. And they were scheduled to play on a Monday. It, Jack- gets, it gets rained out. And Hamburg is scheduled to play, I don't know, Eden on a Tuesday. A non-league game. A right. non-league game. If The league game takes precedent. Yeah, if the opponent that they were scheduled against rained out does not have a Tuesday game, guess what? That Hamburg-Eden game it's gets happening. trumped, yeah. and they have to play the league game. That may league be what's happening important. today. Yeah, league games are more important. I mean, it makes sense. A couple other players I know. Uh, Benny Serrano from Ken West is heading to Niagara University, and Josh Sherwick uh, from Will North, who's playing today against uh, your son at Orchard Park, Tom. Uh, he's heading to Mercyhurst. To name three guys, uh, the catcher for Will North had a commitment to UB. Yep. That's up in the oh, air right now. Tough. I know he's uh, talking with some other uh, universities and colleges right now, so I hope Jake Zurat has an announcement to make soon. Charlie. So we'll uh, Don't forget Charlie Mack going to Clemson. Uh, I mm. was just going to say yep. from uh, Will East. Yep. He's in action today somewhere. Great, great, great family. Their uh, sister, Christy, I believe is a sophomore, and she's one of the top softball players in Western New York. You're also going to see, he also has a younger brother, too. That's, that's yeah, coming Yeah, wasn't up. he in like in seventh grade last year playing at Sal Magley Stadium? Jo- Joe Mack, yeah. Is, is, a seventh is, grader, and boy, I'm glad I don't have to feed him and buy him clothes for another <laughs> five years. And then look at um, NCCC this year that's gonna got a lot of kids coming from the area that are going to, you know, bridge gap to something else. He's got a great program going on up there that you're going to see some real successful uh, kids out of Western New York go there. And especially, too, I mean, you're basically right in Western New York's back. I mean, you're right outside of, quote-unquote, Western New York up in Niagara County. And those are the types of schools that should be getting the best area talent, you know, especially when you're talking about ECCs and NCCC and some of these other schools around here. And, and the program should reflect the success that Western New York high school baseball is having and at that level. had a level. great year last didn't right? they? They went pretty far. Yep. And then uh, another one, uh, Cole Hollins out of Orchard Park. 
uh, who will be going to Canisius also. Gee, uh, what a surprise that is. Uh, that Someone name? named Hollins from Orchard Park. What a surprise. Now, they all train out. Uh, Hollins trains out in Orchard Park. At, uh, is it Full Circuit? Full Circuit's yeah. one of the uh, programs yeah. up right in Orchard Park. That is uh, one of the independent ones that you talked about where people are going out. Uh, Orchard Park also has its own facility. They're kind of in the same complex. One is right down the, uh, right down the complex from each other. Uh, you also can talk about Troy Banks at Orchard Park, who uh, will be going to a community college down of near LSU, which is kind of the feeder program to LSU where he'll be mm-hmm. attending. Wow. Um, so we've got some really successful, and, and, and again, there's a lot of other names here. We're going to talk about, you can see early on in the season, it's been the pitchers that have jumped out to the starts. That's always um, how it is early. Absolutely. It always takes a little while for the bats to get going. And, and that's also because of exactly what we're talking about. You're not out in the field. You're not playing game-type atmosphere. And it's why the pitchers have been using these game-type things, hitting spots, hitting certain um, pitches, getting everything acclimated to go out there, that it's much stronger for the pitchers to get off to the faster starts, which is why you've already seen two no-hitters thrown. Which is crazy if you think about it, but that's usually when it happens, especially in Major League Baseball. It's the same way. It's always early in the season that you get a couple because the bats take a little while to get going. All right, we got to go to break. When we come back, I do want to get uh, a couple of teams to uh, to pay attention to, um, especially in the Double A and, and, and Single A levels. Some teams that we can expect to be at a Coca Cola Field, um, you know, come uh, early summertime. So I want to get into that with you guys as well. So you're listening to Inside High School Sports right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Well, all right, welcome back to the final segment of Inside High School Sports here. Nate Geary in for Tony Caligiri, who is out on assignment today. We have been talking boys high school baseball here on Inside High School Sports. And quickly, because we have uh, just a short amount of time here in the last segment before Sale Capaccio takes over on Sports Talk Saturday. Gentlemen, I wanted to get some of your, especially your Tom, uh, opinion on some of the top teams we can expect to see in the Monsignor Martin and then in Section 6, large schools and small schools. So I wanted to get some of your thoughts on a couple of teams in each of those divisions and maybe who to look out for. Uh, Monsignor Martin, you absolutely, I think right now, got to look at St. Joe's as the uh, as the team right now to beat from what what I'm seeing early on. Um, he's got a real strong program with a lot of people that came back. St. Francis is going to be right in there with them. Yeah. He's got a lot of returning players, a lot of veteran presence there. Um, you're going to Canisius, as you know, will always be in the mix. It doesn't matter uh, what year it is, especially with some of the pitching Canisius has. Uh, led by uh, Jack Collins, in fact, uh, who's a junior, that you're going to see some special things. Another player to look out for as to uh, what will do some damage uh, as far as where they're going to go to a Division One school. And then the last one, watch out, is watch out for St. Mary's and watch out for Bishop Timon. Timon's come off to a nice start off this season playing some non-conference games and has a uh, very good staff that where he has got a couple pitchers that can shut you down and he's got the bats to go with it. So Timon will be right in the mix too. You're talking about a pretty deep Monsignor yeah, Martin. It sounds like it anyway. Section six now, uh, large schools. Well, you got to go to to. You got to start off with Lancaster. Yeah. There's no doubt. Lancaster early in the season, everybody saw they're nationally ranked. They're gonna be there. Even though you got to give Will North a nod as an upset over Lancaster for their first conference game there. This week was supposed to be the rematch on Thursday. Didn't happen. 
Um, this week, if everything would have went into play, you could have seen the ECIC one conference already almost come to fruition because you were going to have uh, Thursday see uh, Lancaster play Will North again. Friday, see Lancaster play Orchard Park. And then today, you're going to see Will North play Orchard Park. Yeah. The only other team that you can't count out right now that is off to a fast start in the ACIC 1 is Clarence. Clarence is already out to a big jump. They got a, they, they got a player who uh, hit two out in one game, um, as well as a huge uh, performance on the mound. Uh, it was Alex uh, C, and I'm going to butcher the name. I that's apologize, okay. I but it's all the time. Alex Ciolio is what it is. That's another one that's got three three names and one name. <laughs> I like it. Ciolio. I apologize <laughs> uh, if I miss. I, I know I probably mispronounced that, but um, you're absolutely going to see a tough ECIC one conference out there. And then, how about small schools? Um, you're definitely. You, you, we talked about two of them already. Uh-huh. Fredonia and Springville yeah. are going to be there in the in, in the end. Watch out for schools like Maryville. Great jump that you're seeing them off uh, to, to an early season. Desiderio, start. right? The the football quarterback and the pitcher. Yep. I believe he's on the mound today. He's younger, right? Sophomore? Junior? He's not a senior. I know that. Yeah, he's certainly not a senior. Nate, I want to mention real quick, just got a text from our friend Markel, who was listening online, and he, we were speaking of NCC see, uh, earlier. Christian Young, who is a uh, Frontier graduate, is going there. Is headed to next to West Virginia next year. I thought I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, especially when today's host is a uh, former Frontier Falcon. Markel, wherever you are listening, I appreciate you, and I wish you were here so I had so I had some young, so we could get some youth in this room. I'm getting dragged down by these oldsters in here but uh no that's good so salt so with the small schools guys um it, it does kind of sound like it's going to be a two or three person race with springville and uh who did you say the other team was fredonia right yeah fredonia will be in as far as uh in the mix look out for uh a school like alden too um mm. they've got a star pitcher on the mound um tom bednarski who uh, will be able to keep them in any game that they need, especially if the game goes big. Um, there's a lot of these small schools that you look at that has got a star pitcher that could go to the mound and anything can happen in a one-game scenario. Germano from Ken East is off to a pretty good start for him. He's a nice pitcher there, senior. Awesome. Next week, girls lacrosse here on Inside High School Sports. Tony Gale-Taylor-Giri will be back in the saddle. I'll be back to my normal duties behind the board, but uh, it was a pleasure uh, hosting with you guys today, I enjoyed it, and uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, we can do this soon or something. Good job, Nate. You I did it like it. you knew what you were doing. Uh, I've been doing this for a little while now. Good job. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, gentlemen. And for Tony and for all the guys here in studio, uh, we'll be back next week, as I mentioned, with some more Inside High School Sports Girls Lacrosse Edition right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 